Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. My guest this week is a guy who is involved in healthcare tech and AI. Uh, Barry French is the CEO of Tracer and Track Unlimited, and he is on the show today talking with me about a little bit about telehealth, a little bit about how we can integrate artificial intelligence and remote monitoring and technology to improve healthcare outcomes for a wide range of populations, whether it be professional athletes all the way down to uh, adults and residents at senior living centers. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about value and the value that clinicians provide, the value that technology can add or supplement to clinician-guided care, and the fact that you know, technology is coming, folks. It's one of those things that people are worried about, you know, AI this and robotics that and what happens to the clinician. Is it going to take people's jobs away? The reality is the technology and AI and computer-based learning and, and all of that has the potential to be a, a really a force multiplier to your practice. The people and the clinicians that will do well and survive in the environment of the future are going to be those clinicians who know how to leverage those technologies to improve outcomes for their patients. The ones that lose their jobs or get, you know, fall behind or fall by the wayside as technology comes are going to be those that fail to adapt. So I'm really excited about this conversation just because the idea of using artificial intelligence as a way to guide and improve clinical outcomes is something that just interests me in general and getting Barry's take on it from a from a standpoint of somebody who runs a technology company that's helping clinicians out, but also involved in everything, like I said, pro athletes to residential settings and assisted living settings. This is just some a really cool piece of technology. So without further ado, let's dive right into the conversation. Here's Barry French talking about technology, telehealth, and ultimately his company, Tracer. Well, hey, Barry, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, Rafi. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being here. So for those of us who don't know you, kind of just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, no problem. I, uh, Barry French, I'm the CEO of Tracer uh, and Track Global LTD. And uh, just briefly, um, you know, I, I was blessed to be raised in an incredibly entrepreneurial family. And, and entrepreneur is almost an understatement. Uh, my my family's developed biomedical and performance-based technologies for 40 plus years. And since I was, as long as I can remember, since I was three or four years old, Ralph, that that's all I wanted to do. And so I created businesses when I was four or five or six or seven, <laughs> whether it was recycling businesses or whether it was, um, you know, uh, lemonade stand, didn't matter. I was entrepreneurial from, from the time I, you know, I was born. And so I was blessed with this incredible insight in regards to, 
uh, entrepreneurship, but also had this uh, innate drive to change lives, right? And so um, I, uh, I was blessed to go to a great high school here in Cleveland, St. Ignatius High School. I uh, played baseball down at William & Mary in Virginia. My dad always had the adage, and it's a, it's a funny adage today, but it was a very true uh, statement at the time. He said, go make your mistakes on somebody else's dime and then bring your experience yes. back to this company, right? Uh-huh. And, Ralph, you know how that goes, man. Like, without the um, perspective, because perspective is everything, Without that perspective, I wouldn't be able to add the value to the business that we have today. And so I worked for a number of companies that you're probably very familiar with, Cybex and Star Trek, covered uh, dozens of states throughout the country uh, for years, and built a lot of great relationships in both fitness and healthcare um, that allowed me to bring experience from a larger company back to a smaller you know, entrepreneurial type family business. And so since then, about seven years ago, I came on board with our current group here at Tracer, and we built a team that is really phenomenal. Um, not just a team, but also uh, developed a vision around our technology platform, this connected healthcare technology platform that we truly believe can change lives and change the world in a lot of different ways. And so I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about you know, where we're at today, where we're going, some of the applications, but also uh, some of the value add for the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And you've kind of mentioned it a little bit. We got connected because of Tracer and some of our work in and around the space. So what is Tracer? Because it's some kind of technology, right? Right. Yeah. And (laughs) for those those that don't recognize the brand, which we're working on, you know, wholeheartedly, and we just launched a new website actually yesterday. Yeah, it looks um, so really good. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty cool. And, and uh, it's, it's not fully baked, but again, it's a living, breathing animal, as you know, in regards to websites. But uh, Tracer.com, T-R-A-Z-E-R.com. But uh, Tracer's really, um, it, all of our, the premise that my dad had back in the 70s, even, Roth was it, it had to be immediate, it had to provide immediate biofeedback, and it had to be actionable data. And when I say, I want to reiterate actionable data because technology, as you know, buddy, and when we were on the telehealth call, the reality is that there's so many technologies out there. And there's so much data being thrown at us, whether exactly, you're a clinician, yeah. whether you're an operator, right? And it, it's amazing. But the problem is that most of it is not actionable. Most of it is not digestible that you can take immediate action on. So. Trays are really the found, fundamental components of it is the ability to, to measure human health and performance in very unique ways um, through objective quantification of human health and performance, the brain and the body. And so we call ourselves a neuromechanical device or company, right? So we're a med tech company. And neuromechanics is a really, it sounds like a complex term, but it's really simple when you break it down. So it's neuro for the brain, right? And it's, and it's, mechanics for motor function so if you're a clinician out there if you're an individual what is more important than the brain and body functioning in synchronicity right and if the brain isn't working well then the motor function doesn't perform appropriately because the brain's not saying the signal the brain's responsible for everything we do as you know yeah yeah. Uh, and so when you really break down neuromechanics it's really the what we feel and so we really believe we can be the sixth vital sign there's five vital signs today, and we all know what those are, right? Heart rate and respiratory rate and oxygen, respiration, all these things. 
but you don't feel those. There's a reason why heart, you know, uh, blood pressure is called the silent killer, right, Rav? Yeah, exactly. Because you don't feel until you're dead. That's a problem. And, but it's also an incredibly important vital sign. For us, the sixth vital sign that we believe we're creating with Tracer is around what you do feel day in, day out. If you have an ankle injury, a back injury, an, a knee injury, a brain injury, you wake up in the morning and you feel like crap for a lack of yeah, better term. Exactly, yeah. You, know, you, you feel that back pain and innately feel it and it inhibits you from performing with your kids or playing golf or playing tennis or if you have brain fog, it, it inhibits you from being a, a great executive, you know? And so that's what Tracer can uniquely, sensitively and specifically measure is that neuromechanical realm. How well is your brain performing as well as how well you're performing from a motor standpoint day in and day out? Okay. And how does it, how do y'all do that? Is it through some kind of AI or is it a camera? What? Yeah, it's a combination of all of the above. So you talk, <laughs> we, we call ourselves a connected healthcare platform, right? A connected yeah. technology healthcare platform is I think, you know, you might know, but the bottom line is that um, we use a combination of high powered optics, one high powered optical camera uh, with virtual simulation. So the simulation allows us to put you in a realistic analogous environment to the real world, right? And so we, we can put you on a football field, a hockey rink, a tennis court, or in Walmart for that matter, right? And we can take a five-year-old to 105-year-old and use an optical camera along with our AI, machine learning algorithms, et cetera, and actually quantify how well you perform, whether it's balance, you know, so looking at balance for a senior, right, for falls. And if their balance is inhibited, we can tell both from an asymmetry standpoint or directionally, very sensibly and specifically how well you balance on two feet on one foot or in tandem balance right and we can quantify that we can look at your kinematics how well can you sit or squat for example or for a sit and stand in the senior population or a squat with uh tua from alabama the quarterback how was he squat is kinematics appropriate as you have valgus or varus in the knee we can quantify that right um, then we can put, again, like I said, put you in an Alex environment, look at dynamic or reaction-based movements. And it doesn't matter whether you're a five-year-old, a pro athlete, or a 105-year-old, the ability to put you in a realistic environment and quantify how you move in the real world is what's yes. really critical, right? Yeah, a and lot that, of times in the clinic, you got people taking range of motion measurements and they're doing these right. tests, but it's very isolated, well, right? Well, like your that, knee's moving right. one way. Isolated is the key on word in this head, buddy. Yeah. And so we've looked at isolated capacities forever, right? Like how well is your range of motion in your knee? And I'm, excuse me with my sandals out here, but <laughs> range of motion to knee, right? Uh, or what's your strength of that knee? But my, my grandpa had a hip and a knee replacement. They said, oh, your strength's good. Your range of motion is good. You're ready to go back to home. But he couldn't walk side to side. He couldn't move forward and backwards in multiple directions. That's what Tracer uniquely does. It says – can you function appropriately in the real world? Let's quantify that. And let's provide not just assessment in regards to risk of fall for that senior, but let's provide modalities around that to mitigate the risk of fall, which I think is most important, right? Okay. Yeah, so you've got, you've got the assessment component where you're, the person is, let's say they're walking side to side or they're moving back and forth and the, the camera's right. watching them and kind of rating it all. And then you've got some kind of treatment. You just said modality. So you, you can exactly. put them in like simulated, is it, are they exercises or are they just? Sure. Well, yeah. So you, you take, um, 
So think about it from this perspective. Um, I was talking to Dr. Mike Voigt, who's a uh, you know, world-famous musculoskeletal physical therapist down at Vanderbilt Belmont and the head clinician for Dr. Bird's Hip Clinic there in Nashville. And, and I was talking about value-based care, right? And, uh-huh. uh, you know, risk-based fee structures around performance of the technology. And I said, Mike, what's your thought process around this? He goes, Barry, you're the only group that I'm aware of that can not only assess risk of fall in that senior population, but also mitigate it. And he goes, it's not enough to assess risk. Who really gives a, you know what? Yeah, about, if we know they're going to fall, right? Yeah, great. <laughs> what, what, what does that tell me? Okay, you're at risk of fall, but if you can't, so you can't mitigate it, then we're missing the boat, right? I mean, that's everything, Roth. I mean, that's everything. So we can do both. And, and to your point, we have this versatile platform that allows us to look at balance, kinematics, dynamic movement, and neuromechanics, you know, and, and deliver modalities around those four spaces. So if we find that a senior or a pro athlete, for that matter, has poor balance in a certain direction or their ability to move left versus right is mitigated because of an ankle injury and they can't – or, you know, is inhibited, I should say – and they can't push off that ankle like Tua couldn't, for example, when he was rehabbing from his ankle injury, then we can directly address that with a very clear and concise care path using Tracer's modalities, using your own Rafi, and then reassessing throughout the life cycle of therapy, looking at that hopefully degradation deficiency throughout that uh-huh. linear curve, showing that improvement and objective documentation of the improvement until they get under, let's say, a 10% asymmetry, and 10% degradation in their performance metrics. So we know we can safely return them to function or return to play. Does that yeah. make some sense? Yeah, no, it does. And it, it kind of speaks more to that, that data point that you mentioned earlier. So a lot of times, you know, they say individualized care is super important. All these subjective right. measurements are really important, but it's hard to quantify that sometimes. And what, you're, what your technology is basically doing is we're putting that person in the space where they're walking, you know, in the grocery store, where they're jumping if they're an athlete, and then saying for this person, they had, you know, 30% asymmetry, and now they've got 10, right? Exactly right. I'll tell you a quick story, man, because I think this will really resonate with the, uh, with the uh, listeners. So um, we, were, we were very blessed. We worked with both Clemson and Alabama and, and a bunch of these big NCAA groups. And so when Tua hurt his ankle and he had that ankle injury – um, with the tightrope procedure that you're familiar with, I'm assuming. Exactly, yeah. Um, and, and we were featured both on the semifinal game as well as the national championship against Clemson two years ago. And it showed about 15 seconds of, of Tua on Tracer. And it's their, and, and at Alabama, it's their, um, their showcase piece. They have a 90-inch TV in their training room with the Tracer hardware mounted underneath. And it showed Tua rehabbing his ankle using a, what we call an LAS-20 or lateral agility screen. 20 reps, right? And so uh, Jeff called me, Jeff Allen, who's the director of sports med down at Alabama, called me about a week later and said, Barry, this is why I, this is why it was featured. This is why I use it with our athletes. And he said, day one, he goes, I have no idea where Tua stands after that procedure, right? He goes, it, it's a simply subjective analysis with most of the modalities we currently use. With Tracer in 90 seconds, I can quantify the degradation in his ankle. I can say he had an overall average asymmetry of 56%. That's a big Yeah, that's huge. You know? um, so if you look at risk of injury, Rafi, and you know this stuff better than I do, but the, if you look at it's previous injury, 
and it's asymmetry are some of the greatest indicators of future injury, right? And so he had a 56% asymmetry across the board, looking at acceleration off that ankle, the ability to stop or decelerate, gait speed, reaction times, all these things we uniquely measure. And so he said, what I can do then in 90 seconds is quantify that asymmetry, benchmark it, and then I can use your modalities as well as my own, you know, and other modalities, and I can continuously reassess, like I told you, until I get him under a 10% asymmetry, and then I can go back to Saban with an objective report and say, hey, look, Saban, I, I've got the actual proof that he's ready to return safely to function, return safely to play. Does that make some sense? Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's a great example. I, well, it's, it's an easy example, but it's a powerful one because it's, it holds true for every population, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And that whole idea of a quantifiable measurement that says, okay, we know now with this percent of certainty that this person can go back to function or back to their home or back to playing in sports exactly. is huge, especially when you're t taking someone like, you know, a college athlete at a very high level, we can't afford to send them back and get them re-injured, right? It's a raw draft pick, millions of dollars on the line. Like, yeah. you know, it all comes down to this a lot of times, as you know, it's ROI, right? Exactly. And for any organization, whether it's in the athletic realm, and people don't think ROI a lot in the athletic realm, Roth, as you know, uh, when you talk about college or even pro athletes, but the reality is that their ROI is monstrous because you, you lose a Brady, you lose a Tua, it's millions of dollars. Uh, but you also, when you look at the senior population, which is one of my greatest passions, it's lives, it's their independence, it's their ability to continue to live and support themselves and move appropriately so that they not only survive but they thrive at 85 90 years old and that's a really cool thing to be able to do with a tech you know yeah there's research out there that like a the biggest uh factor for mortality in older folks is falls right weakness and falls yeah, yeah exactly right man that's it well it's, it's falls and it's uh you know during this crazy time that we're living with, this pandemic, as you know, yeah, isolation, the, the, if you don't move, you die, right? So the lack of movement, the lack of engagement of the brain and body, that neuromechanical engagement, I believe is going to be far more detrimental than even the, the current pandemic. Because yeah, the fallout afterwards. They're stuck in their rooms, buddy. Think about that and how it's affecting them from a day in and day out basis, they're starting to show signs of dementia because they don't have the engagement. They're starting to show signs of, uh, you know, they're having more falls because they're not active. They're not moving. They're stuck in their rooms, isolated. That's the worst thing we can do for that population is I think, you know, you know, that's where telehealth can come in. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, once you hit over age, you know, 65, 70, you're losing muscle mass at like 15% a year. And that's just the muscle mass you talked about already, you know, the cognitive, because yeah. of the brain and the body connection, if your body's not moving, your brain's not getting a lot of work, your brain's kind of getting foggy, and then dementia sets in or your, your safety awareness goes down. And so talk a little bit about then some of your work in, in the senior population. Are you doing, is it the same type of um, or is it the same technology being employed in a different modality or is it a, or are they tailored or graded basically? No, you know, that's a fantastic question, man. Um, yeah, we've got a, such a unique technology from the standpoint of it is applicable to a five-year-old from a five-year-old to a hundred five-year-old, right? Uh -huh. and between. And, and a lot of that is because it's self-modulating. And so you can look at a senior on balance. A senior can use a four-legged walker. They can be in their wheelchair off and 
They can, they can use any assistive device, a gait belt, a clinician coming in and supporting them. And we can still track their balance, their kinematics, their ability to sit and stand, for example, their range of motion. Uh, we can still track their dynamic movement and their neuromechanical function, like how will they process math problems or their stroop tests and move accordingly to solve those problems. And that's what neuromechanical means to us. It's the ability to solve cognitive-based problems and then move appropriately, right, to solve those problems. And then looking at the variance, when you add a cognitive challenge to that, what's the variance between the pure motor function and the cognitive function? And can we narrow that gap? Can we improve the synchronicity between the brain and body, right? And it's especially important in the senior realm. And so for the senior space, it's just a different amplitude. So to your point, yeah. the pro athlete's moving at 100 miles an hour, man. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's, it blows my mind because I can't even keep up with what the hell they're – I thought I was a decent athlete. I, I'm not, man. I'm pathetic. <laughs> yeah, and when I you get into that league, it's, it's a know, total it's, ball game, yeah. It's depressing, right? I mean, when you get a guy that's like a, a legitimate athlete, and I thought it was decent, um, it's embarrassing to a guy like me and maybe even yourself. I don't know. Um, you might be better than I am, but but it's really cool to see. But it's also amazing to see that wounded warrior with a full leg, left leg amputee that can get on and get the value and, and can really improve the type of blade they even use on his amputee, you know, amputee, you know, his limb, right? Uh -huh. So you can have better performance for the Invictus games, the wounded warrior games. Back to that senior, it's amazing to see all it is is a different amplitude and it's all self-modulated. So when you put you in this interactive environment, they move at their own speed. Whether they have a gate belt on, a four-legged walker, a pro athlete, they're going at their own pace, but we can quantify the pace they're going at, right? So Gates it benchmarks to the individual. Is that what you're saying? It benchmarks the individual rather than exactly. you know, something out of a book. It's not keeping up with the system. The system is actually tracking what they're capable of doing. And so like for the senior population, quick example, Two key indicators of falls, right? Typically in re research are, are gait speed and, um, and reaction time. Uh -huh. We typically quantify those in an analogous environment to the real world. And so, and now deceleration is proving to be an incredible indicator as well, the ability to stop, right? To slow down, yeah. Exactly. If you can't stop appropriately, then you tip over and you fall. And so we uniquely quantify those things. But they move, again, like I said, in a very controlled environment. You're not on a treadmill where the treadmill is moving. And if you fall off the back, you're in trouble. You're on the floor. You're on, the, you're on safe ground. You can have a gate belt. You can have a system on a, you know, an overhead uh, support system. You can have somebody supporting you, four-legged walker, like I said, anything you want to use. But they're moving at their own pace. So we can quantify gate speed, reaction time, decelerations and say, guess what, you're at a 95% risk of fall today, but if you improve these metrics through these modalities, then we can really decrease that risk, lower cost of the healthcare systems, the payers, improve the organizational spend, obviously, improve the clinician's life so they can provide a more clear and concise care path. And then ultimately, most importantly, in my opinion, is we're making a difference in that individual's life in a yeah. big way. Especially you were talking about value-based care at the beginning, like, you know, quality of life is one of those big metrics for, for value-based care, right? It really comes, that's why I enjoy it, you know, because I think ultimately it's, if we provide the value, we, we get an ROI, right? 
but ultimately that ROI comes from the value that we've provided to that user, that patient. Yeah. And so I like the model for the most part, right? There's some holes and flaws and everything else. It's not flushed out yet, as we all know, but it's certainly a model that has some value, I believe, if we do it the right way, which is, you know, much bigger discussion, obviously. Yeah. Have there been, has there been a lot of pushback from like third party payers or things like that for using it? No, you know, we've been, uh, we've been really blessed that we have uh, 25 plus CPT codes uh, that that are reimbursed for around Tracer. So, um, you know, the, the, again, it does. And I wouldn't say unfortunately, but the reality is that when you spend money on a technology, whether it's ours or somebody else's, there has to be a return, right? Yeah. Um, and nobody wants to talk about it, but the reality is that you got to get a return on investment. And it does come down to dollars and cents, or you can't keep your doors open. So we've been blessed that we've been, had phenomenal reimbursement around the delivery of Tracer's assessments and rehabilitation um, in those realms that require it. Okay. Yeah. Because I guess there's, you've got a couple of different models. You could be, you know, the clinician could be reimbursed, trying to submit for reimbursement through third party payers. And you can also right. directly contract with, you know, University of Alabama or something like that right. to be their platform. Or whatever. Well, when you look at our core, you know, to your point, the core markets we're in now, right? It's athletics. And so it's the NCAA and, and all the, you know, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, all the big players there. It's the um, PT market, you know, so like the select medicals, the JAG ones, the motion PTs with Eric, as you know. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a senior space, right? Like the LCS, it's the uh, Brookdales, the um, Holidays, the Dominions, those big senior groups. Those are our three core markets. And, and I believe uh, wholeheartedly, Rafi, that we can make an impact in literally everybody's lives from five to 105. And every organization in virtually any realm, autism, uh, neuro, degenerative diseases, a- across the board. But the reality is that we, as, as does any company, have limited resources, right? And limited mind share and mind space and time. So we need to capitalize on the bringing the most value to those three core markets today. Um, and they're all different ROIs, as you know. Yeah. Athletics is never thought of as an ROI, but the reality is that they're million-dollar athletes, multi-million-dollar athletes. It's a giant ROI for them, right? Exactly, yeah. Keeping them on the field and keeping them healthy and getting them back quicker and safer is multi-million-dollar equation for an LSU, Clemson, Alabama, as you know, or any school. Um, the PT side is, well, can we generate more reimbursement with a more engaging technology, with better outcome measures, and potentially even shortening or, or maybe quantifying the necessity for additional visits, you know, because we know they're not where they need to be. Exactly. Or maybe it's that, hey, guess what? They're, we quantify they get done fist faster, yeah. Visits, right? Yeah. So it goes both ways. Ultimately, I'll give you a quick example. Um, Dr. Eric DeYoung, who you know well, who's on our telehealth call, he uh, brought us into Motion PT's senior space. And um, they were able to quantify over a 12-month period in 19 locations with a 2,000-plus person census. They were able to see a 30% reduction in falls. And they quantified it at $30,000 a fall or about $65 million healthcare savings or about $3.5 million per facility And in regards to fall reductions. It's an enormous $69 billion problem, as we know, and it's going up every day. Yeah, we can support that help that not just through again assessment, but the mitigation most importantly. 
Yeah, yeah. Because again, you're not just assessing, you're, you're doing the treatment, you're walking them through it. And realities and the AI and machine learning around that to help the clinicians be the best they possibly can be. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, so what, I don't know, even know if you have this kind of conversation, but do you, ha- do you ever have clinicians or um, folks that are in the field, in the trenches, so to speak, that are worried about Tracer? Like, oh, if you bring Tracer in, oh, God. I'm not going to have a job anymore. Yeah, you know, that's, that's um, all right, listen, so my, my vision, I'm going to be really transparent, which I always am about it. So <laughs> I hope that, you know, this will be live and, and we'll see how it goes. But, but the reality is this, my opinion is that um, I don't, I, I believe in the human being, right? I believe in the therapist and being a critical component. I, I've been through enormous amounts of therapy myself, herniated discs, sports injuries, all kinds of stuff. Like you probably have too, Ralph. Yeah, little and bit. I believe <laughs> in that interaction, man. I believe in that therapeutic, you know, the uh, manual manipulation and things along those lines. It can't be done by technology today, right? I also believe that just like any other profession, that we have the top 10% of the profession and we got the other 80%, we got the bottom 10%, right? Or 20% yes. that might just, you know, it's the 80, 20 rule, or there's a bunch of ways to look at that. But the reality is that I think that Tracer can provide a more efficient and effective process um, and uh, delivery of, of incredible modalities are objectively quantified and outcome measures than even your typical clinician can but it cannot do everything and it still takes brilliant clinicians to do that. Now, with that said, I think that what we'll see moving forward with telehealth, and this is put Tracer aside, telehealth, technology, et cetera, I hope what happens is that we get the best clinicians working with patients. Yeah. And those that are your, for lack of a better term, half-assed clinicians, and again, <laughs> lack of a better term, right, buddy? I, exactly, I don't, yeah. Honest, put it, but mediocre. Reality, <laughs> yeah, mediocre, and again, it goes for any profession, right? You weed out the bad, you keep the good. The good ones are going to always have a place. The good ones and the great ones, they're, they're a staple, and they're going to provide incredible value no matter what technology brings to the table. But ultimately, we're going to be able to weed out the poor ones and have uh, far less. If you have 10 clinicians in the clinic, maybe you only need two or three if you use technology the right way. Yeah, no, I always... That's ones, right? Yeah, no, I tell that to clients all the time. I'm like, listen, this stuff can be like a force multiplier. I mean, right. it can make your outcome right. super, super good. But yep. if you're going to be kind of mediocre, toeing the line, doing what you got to do to get paid, then yes, it's going to be detrimental to you in the long term. It's going to hurt, right? <laughs> yeah. not gonna, and, and I believe that in any realm, man. It's not just healthcare wise, it's the best are going to survive. And the ones that really want to grow and get better and have a growth mentality, that's in any realm. And I get people all the time saying like, oh, well, this person can take my job. Well, everybody wants to take my job or your job off. But the reality is, you know, if you have a growth mentality and you continue to evolve, then you're always going to have a place and you're always going to be able to provide value in my opinion, right? It's, it's when you stop that and it's a day-to-day monotonous routine that you might have and you're going in just going through the motions. That's yeah. what I believe that Trace or any other advanced technology can potentially replace. Yeah, exactly. Value, you know? Yeah, and I mean, even even the move into telehealth is going to do that to a lot of people too. Exactly. Well, telehealth and is a perfect example. Yeah. How is how's Tracer kind of integrating with telehealth? No, that's a great point. And, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but, you know, what this whole uh, pandemic 
crisis allowed us to do. And our group has bought into the idea of, and I said from day one, we need to accelerate, not decelerate, right? Like you can fail and hide, uh, which is the worst thing you could do in my opinion. You come out of this and now you're behind the eight ball by three, four, five, six months. Um, It's not a good thing to do. I believe that during crisis you accelerate but it also take the blinders off, right? And and you're in the day-to-day grind all the time, man. And it, it allowed us to take the blinders off and focus on things that when we're in the day-to-day grind, we couldn't have focused on. And telehealth being a big piece. It was a big one, huh? Huge piece. And so our largest client and now our COO, um, Dr. DeYoung, who brought us into the motion PT system, he said, he said, Barry, look, I need a solution because our senior population is isolated. They can't see our clinicians today. So how can we solve for that, right? And so it allowed us to have these conversations and these deep conversations with these different markets, being athletics, you know, senior and PT, about what their real needs are, not just during the pandemic, but moving forward in the yeah. future. And so we've, uh, w- within the next two to four weeks, we'll have a fully baked, integrative telehealth platform built into Tracer that allows us to have that true connectivity. And I call it a connected platform, Rafi, because I think that telehealth is a sort of an ambiguous term, as you know. Exactly, yeah, it could mean everything, yeah. It could mean anything, right? And it's like, all right, so what does it really mean? Well, ultimately, I don't care if it's performance-based, healthcare-based, rehab-based, it's about connecting people. And whether that's peer-to-peer and being able to to say, hey, how do I compare to my other 15-year-old buddy that I'm competing against? In a, in a performance-based, you know, activity, or how do I compare in regards to norms as a senior for falls, or how do I connect to my clinician, performance coach, fitness coach remotely from home? You know, and it has to be broad, and it's, so it's not just telehealth. It's the ability to connect people to organizations, payers, and specialists they need support from remotely, right? Yeah, and I think one of the huge huge positives of this whole thing is that we're for a long time it has been regional right like if you needed to go see the best pt or the best sports med guy in the world you got in a plane you flew to go see him you know now with something like telehealth and tracer integrating you've got right in the comfort of your living room right literally and i and and listen i um this this period's been really beneficial for me personally because i Dude, I don't like seeing myself on a screen looking at you. It's not my thing, you know? Um, I'm just being, again, being transparent. But it's funny. I, I never enjoyed it. I never felt comfortable with it, Rafi. And now we've been forced to do it, right? And everybody has been. Yeah, exactly. But the beautiful thing is, to your point, is that now on Wednesday nights, we have 35 or 40 of the best PTs and CEOs of every PT organization in the world on a call. And we can see their face. We can, I don't have to get on a plane and go see them. I have them all in one place on a screen. It's really powerful. And, and tomorrow night, we have athletics, and it's the top athletic sports medicine directors and such in the country from all the big universities and NFL teams all in one place. And, and now I have a, a much greater comfort level, right? And I think they do. I think you do, Rafi. And I think the average user does because they've been forced to do it now. And moving forward, it's going to be much more natural, you know? Yeah, a lot of those barriers, even patients being like, oh, I don't want to do something on a screen are kind of going away because we've been doing it for the last several months, right? Well, they've been forced to. You can't, you couldn't get into your doc, you know? Like if I want to, if I need my meds, the doc would call me on a Zoom call like this, buddy, and he'd be like, hey, 
and I said, and he's a buddy of mine, but I'm like, this is really strange. Exactly. But yeah. Then it's you're forced to do it. You can't check my blood pressure. You can't take a lot of the vitals, whatever. But we can have that interactive conversation. And I was never comfortable with it until this pandemic. And now I, I am, and I'm a tech guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I see uh, like, you know, grandparents and things like that, that are actually comfortable with it now too, because again, they've been forced to do it. Otherwise they don't have what they need. In yeah. Day, you know? Yeah. Have y'all thought much about moving into, or at least uh, like connecting or integrating with some kind of other vital signs? I mean, you mentioned well, you can't I, do blood pressure and stuff like that. You know what? Um, you know, it's funny you say that, man, because uh, we're we're out for a cap raise now, and and I won't go into the details of that part. But the reality is that I truly believe it can be the sixth sixth vital sign, right? And think about what a a physical. We're supposed to go in annually, right? And hopefully uh -huh. everybody goes in annually. But it's called a physical. We don't test physicality. It's insanity. We yeah. test a bunch of vital signs, which I don't agree with the vital signs, by the way. I think they're critical. They are vital signs. They're important. But they don't determine how you feel, like I said earlier on, day in and day out. They, you, don't, you don't feel your blood pressure being high, man. You don't feel your respiratory rate being off. You don't feel any of those vital signs. What you do feel is your brain function or your physicality, your motor function, your ability to move, your knee injury, your back injury, your neck injury. That affects you every day, right? Yeah. So as far as the creation of the sixth vital sign, our premise is, and what I truly believe is, what's more important than telling you how you're functioning from a physicality and cognitive standpoint day in and day out? And if we can put that in the home, we can make it ubiquitous across every organization in the country. I think that we can have this incredible data and value to all stakeholders, that user or patient, that clinician, the organization, the payer, man, that they would, they'll have insight to, yeah, my back's killing me and I have a 40% deficiency off that side because of that. Let me fix it. Here's how I fix it. I can do it in, my, in, the, in the comfort of my own home, in a gamified environment, and quantify it and have fun doing it and compete against my buddy next door, you know, yeah. <laughs> or across the world for that matter. Yeah. That yeah. Is, is like Peloton on steroids. When you think about it, like think of God, it's the ability to actually perform and do what you want day in and day out. That's yeah. what's cool. You know? Well, and this just occurred to me too. Like you just said, organizations, like think about how many folks are on a, on an assembly line or working in like an industrial industrial well, job yeah across the board, right? they've got back pain or neck pain and they don't know why you slap a tracer on there or some kind of device is watching them and you know assessing their motor that's great well and think about that man like they don't know why so that comment you just made is in my opinion the problem with physicals because you're in a physical they're not going to tell you why they're you know that your general practitioner is not a great guy right but he's going to check your couple vital signs Oh, you're healthy, good to go. But yet this poor person is, is suffering day in and day out because of that back pain. And they say, oh, go see a specialist. And the specialist says, oh, well, you got hurting a disc in your back. Well, how do you fix that? Go see the PT. Yeah. We can tell you that very rapidly. In 90 seconds, we can quantify, look, you got this problem in your knee. This is how you're going to fix it. And you're going to feel better. You're going to play with your kids. You're going to be able to work on that assembly line much more efficiently and effectively, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. So, 
Well, uh, Barry, thanks for taking the time. If you could give our listeners just one big takeaway, what would it be? God, I wish you would have prepared that for me. Curveball. But no, I think ultimately, um, you know, let's put Tracer aside for a second and look at um, the idea of neuromechanics, right, Rafi? Uh-huh. And I, I think it's a term that nobody, uh, that very few people fully understand today, but it's a very simple term, like I said earlier. The idea of it's all about the brain and body and the connectivity between the two or the synchronicity between the two. And um, I think that in today's world, taking a holistic view is uh, unique. And we've yeah. always looked, like your point earlier, buddy, is that we've always looked at isolated capacity. What's the range of motion in your knee, your knee strength, your knee problem? But ultimately, what matters is how is our body, our si- a whole system functioning as a whole? Exactly, and yeah. That to me is everything, right? Like if, you've got a, if you have a hip replacement or a knee replacement or a neck problem or a heart attack, it doesn't matter. If you can't go back and perform holistically in your everyday life and feel good, then we're missing something. Um, and so we go to all these specialists and we, go to all, we look at isolated capacities. Ultimately, we have to look at the whole human being and look at that neuromechanical realm and how well our brain and bodies are functioning together. And so I think ultimately that's maybe the greatest takeaway, man, is just think of, take a step back and think about it differently than we, what we've learned in medicine or what we've learned from a lot of the, the specialists to date. And I think a lot of the progressive guys now are going down this path, as you know, in research and clinical realm is... Are you, um, are you having problems physiologically or cognitively? And if so, let's look at how we bring those to, you know, fix those holistically so that you can be a better overall functioning human being. And you yes. do the things you love day to day out, man. I yeah, exactly. Bottom line, buddy. No, that's great. I talk about that all the time with my clients. Like we're looking, we're not looking at a diagnosis. We're looking at a person and this person has, you know, they're, they're going to the grocery store. They're playing with their kids, like you said. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you said it just, you said it perfectly just there is that, you know, we're looking at a, at a human being, a person. Right? Yes. And, and that's what bothers me. It's like, it's not a, an ACL. It's yes. not a elbow injury or a shoulder injury. It's the human being. And, and how are these human beings wired? How are they working to get, how's their body functioning? And if they have this, you know, um, problem and they're, uh, creating, uh, compensation mechanisms around that problem. You know what happens when that takes place? You know, we can create these compensatory strategies to, to take the pain off that one knee. So we focus on the other knee. Well then guess what? The other knee has problems, you know, exactly. Yeah. You've got to take a holistic perspective at some point throughout that process, both wellness based, preventative based, but also rehabilitation based. That's what ultimately I think the front end education, prevention, wellness is critical that we're not getting paid for today. Not us, but everybody. Yeah. No one's getting paid for that there, you know, huge, but if that fails and they get an injury, then we need to look at a holistic system and how we get them back appropriately so they can function day in day out the best way possible and not get re-injured, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's a great place to end it. Well, thank you for your time, Barry. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on, buddy. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Barry French from Tracer. One thing I find all of the the guests that we have, all of the, the leaders in the healthcare space that are really making moves, 
regardless of whether they call it a biopsychosocial approach or whether they call it holistic approach. But even Barry talking about it with Tracer and what they're trying to do, integrate their technology into healthcare services in a way that looks at the entire human being, the common thread is that we can't look at isolated areas, right? We're not looking at an ACL. We're not looking at a rotator cuff. We're looking at the entire person and how their limitations or how they're experiencing or experience of this dysfunction or pain is affecting their everyday life. And just the fact that a technology company or or artificial intelligence or a technology platform in general is able to enhance our understanding of that is very exciting because again it can't all be ai can't all be computers there's definitely a place for interpersonal interactions for the for the clinical judgment and clinical expertise and experience of a of a treating clinician but again if technology can be a force multiplier why not use it Anyways, um, if you like what we've got going on here at the Better Outcomes Show, head on over to www.betteroutcomes.show. There you can sign up for our email list and you'll receive the latest episodes delivered right to your inbox. We drop new interviews every other week on Wednesday. So head on over there, check us out. You can also look at all and listen to all of the, the past episodes to date and get links and connections to all of our guests and their websites and their practices or businesses and check them out there. If you really like what we're doing, I'd appreciate it if you headed on over to iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It helps people find the show, hear, out, hear about us, and, and learn what we're, do, what we're all about here, right? Until the next episode, guys, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients, helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.